Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to the Lawyer's Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. Today is Thursday, November 4th, and I'm your host, Nick Augustine. The show is produced by ALRPRA Incorporated, a national law practice management agency headquartered downtown Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. We help manage our clients' business so they can spend more time practicing law. Our primary activities are law firm public relations, marketing, and credentialing. We also offer a wide variety of practice management services to help you with all the back-end business of managing a law firm. Today's guest is Jim Thompson, who's practiced law for 26 years before retiring and turned to marketing uh, coach for lawyers. Uh, After retiring, he founded the Midwest Consulting Group, Incorporated, and at the Midwest Consulting Group, the mission is to teach lawyers and other professionals the marketing skills they need to grow their practices. Obviously, with over 43,000 new lawyers graduating every year and a multitude of lawyers being laid off from law firms, there's a definite need for lawyers to learn, need for lawyers to learn how to market their services. And Jim teaches a program called Get Clients Now, and that is what he is going to be talking about a little bit more with us this afternoon uh, within the subject matter of networking and networking do's and don'ts. want to let you know that we do have a great show for you this afternoon, and we invite our callers' questions either by email at info at ALRPRA.com, which is again I-N-F-O at A-L-R-P-R-A.com, or by dialing in to area code 917-889-9732 and pressing option 1 to be placed in the caller queue. That telephone number again is 917-889-9732 and option 1 for the queue. We want to let you know about another webinar that we are going to be uh, bringing to you. It's another Avoiding Pitfalls, uh, Safety and Ethics in Social Media. That's going to be uh, coming on December 14th. Uh, webinar, so Tuesday, December 14th at 11 a.m., save the date, ALRPRA.com for contact information and to request an information, or information and an invitation, rather. Uh, quickly, by way of disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on this show does not constitute legal advice. The results may vary based on specific facts and location. Communication with our attorney guests among guests and callers on this show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. And if you have further questions, you are always encouraged to consult with an attorney and or professional in your area. Finally, all callers do remain confidential, and all rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. Now, without further ado, we welcome Jim Thompson, who is going to talk about networking do's and don'ts in four segments. Our first segment is going to be identifying the best networking event opportunities. Our second segment, we're going to talk about how to make friends with people first. Third, we'll talk about short-term follow-up suggestions. And finally, rounding out our show in segment four, we're going to talk about developing trust and reputation. So, Jim, take it away. Hey, Nick, I'm uh, very pleased and honored to be here again. Um, what we want to talk about this morning, or actually this afternoon, is really the networking and the networking events that, that lawyers uh, can and should be involved in. One of the things that uh, we teach in, in our Get Clients Now program is obviously how to get clients. When we sit down with lawyers, and we talk to them about networking events, and it's not just lawyers, but other clients that we have. When we talk to them about networking events, um, I, I, they almost a deer in the headlights type uh, reaction because there's a lot of lawyers out there, especially lawyers who have been in practice for a while, and may um, have heard about networking events, 
and may have attended one or two networking events throughout their um, last three or four or five years, uh, they, they, they look at you like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I know what networking events are. They're these uh, the, the stereotypical. Everybody is standing around, um, you know, having a drink, eating their little pigs in a blanket, uh, congregating in little groups, and uh, uh, passing or throwing business cards at one person or another. And you know, so they say, you know, that's that's not my cup of tea. And I I think uh, if, if 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 a lawyer or any business person who may be listening to this call has that opinion of, uh, of networking and networking events. Perhaps uh, they haven't been to the right networking events or they haven't been um, out to a networking event in the last few years. A lot of things have changed as far as networking goes. A lot of people have uh, started to develop um, uh, teaching the process of, of networking the right way. There's a lot of books that have been written about that. I, I, for right now, I'll, I'll mention one book, and um, I, I mention this book probably every time I'm on the program, and it's a book called Endless Referrals, and it's by a fellow by the name of Bob Berg, B-U-R-G. And although it talks about endless referrals, about half of the book is devoted to networking. And, of course, we go to the networking events so that we can get the referrals. So it's really all tied in. There's a, a number of books out there that, that obviously talk about getting referrals uh, or networking, and, and most of them kind of cross over. But the networking that we see today that, that I talk to lawyers about, um, it is, as I said, quite a bit different than what we've seen in the past. One of the things when I talk to to lawyers, they they they, they have this. The, these are the older lawyers, the guys that have been in practice for five or six years, or maybe they were working for a law firm, and now they're out and they go to a couple of events. I don't see this as much with younger law lawyers because they've pretty much been um, they haven't been, I guess, for lack of a better term, gone to a couple of networking events and been turned off by them. But I, I think uh, the lawyers, and I always encourage the lawyers to go to. Uh, a networking event with a friend, ask around, ask in their law firm, ask uh, some of their acquaintances um, if they know of any networking type events that they go to. I, I, I just finished a networking event um, probably about an hour ago. I'm going to another one tonight. I probably go to three to five networking events a week. Uh, some of them are uh, the actual lawyers are lawyers are are pretty much there, but quite frankly, what we do is we go to all the different type of events because we work with other professionals in addition to to just lawyers, and and that brings me to this particular point in, in looking for a networking event. I would think, uh, first of all, and I, I'm going to say something, then I'm going to qualify it. You probably don't want to go network or go to networking events where there are a lot of other lawyers. In other words, uh, you have bar association meetings and things of this nature, and although they're good as far as getting to know other lawyers and getting to know maybe referral sources from other lawyers, uh, that's, a, that's a great thing to do. But you want to go to and look around for networking events that have other type of business people. Now, for having said that, you do need to do some research as to um, what you're looking for when you go to a networking event. Depending on your area of practice, 
and what you're doing, you may narrow down the type of referral or the type of networking events that, that you're going to choose. If you're a divorce lawyer, um, if you're a litigator, if you're a, uh, a business lawyer, you might look around and find out what networking events are, are out there. And as I say, I guess just about in any town you're located, even smaller towns, there's two or three networking events going on in a given week. Probably, again, depending on the size of the town or city you're in, probably the best place to start is with a local chamber of commerce. Uh, contact the local chamber of commerce and let them know that you're interested in going to uh, one of their networking events. Most of the chambers that I've been involved with and know of will let you come to some of their events without actually being a member. Uh, they want you to see or find out whether or not it would be a good fit for you. So go into your yellow pages or whatever and uh, take a look and, and find a, a local chamber of commerce or maybe um, I know where I'm located here in, in, in Chicago. There's six or seven uh, chambers within probably a 20-minute drive of us. So there's a lot of, of chambers around here. In other places, there might just be one chamber of commerce. But that is a great place to start and find out. And, and also, the, the chamber may tell you of other networking events that they know of. In addition to uh, what they're doing, a lot of chambers will have what they call business after hours. They'll have ribbon-cutting ceremonies. They'll have a, a number of different different events going on. And I would certainly encourage you to go visit um, your local chamber and find out what their networking events are. Uh, once you go to uh, one of their networking events, you may find that, and we'll talk about what you probably should be doing or how you should be approaching a networking event later, but when you go to a networking event, um, you may find and meet someone that kind of mentions another networking event that you may want to try out. My, my advice here is just because you go to one networking event, do not uh, label all networking events by that one you happen to go to. Then on the other hand, you may go to a networking event and find out it is the greatest event you've ever been to. And again, um, that's super, that's great, and You'll, you'll, you'll get into the, the networking um, arena. If it's not an event that particularly you're interested in, uh, try something else. Having said that, I would at least go to a networking event, uh, like a chamber event or some other type of networking event, at least twice before you make a decision. Because you may go to one and it just may not flow for you, or the right people may not show up at that event. You go to it again, uh, another event that they have, uh, and, and all of a sudden you might just happen to click with someone and it, it works out really well for you. So I wouldn't just go to one, um, one chamber event, say, and then not continue to go to the second chamber event and, and maybe even a third, but you've got to, you can't just go to just one event, I guess is what I'm saying. I've, I've had people that say, well, I went to a chamber event and it just wasn't my cup of tea. And when we start discussing it, uh, I find out that maybe they didn't know what they should have been doing. And we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit later, or how to approach a networking event or something like that. And so they felt out of place and therefore they didn't feel comfortable, so therefore they didn't want to go back. And when you sit down and, and you go through some of the things that 
did or did not happen, you find out that um, you know their approach to networking um, is not probably the right approach. And as I say, we'll talk about some of those ways to approach the networking event in, in the next segment. But again, pick out you've got. Uh, there's just a host of networking events. I mentioned Chambers, uh, Business Network International (BNI). Um, many towns have a, at least one BNI, and some have more than one BNI uh, networking group. Uh, BNI usually limits uh, the the type of, uh, for instance, you can only have one attorney in a BNI group. Now, some BNIs let, let somebody have a trial attorney, a divorce attorney, a real estate attorney, and other BNIs are a little stricter and say you can only have one attorney. But find out where your BNI meetings are, your BNI groups are. And go to a BNI meeting. And, and if you happen to go to a BNI meeting and there's an attorney already there, they'll let you know whether or not they're open to the type of practice you have. If not, you can ask around, are there other BNI groups in the area? And uh, they'll be glad to pass that information on. You might try going to trade associations that have networking events. Uh, uh, you, you can just you know and talk to people, your vendors. Maybe they they belong to a group that has a networking event, and ask them if if they would mind if uh, you could go with them, or would they invite you to a networking event? Uh, the, the 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 issue is really looking around, seeing what's out there, going to networking events, and kind of making sure that you are a right fit for them. They're a right fit for you. And then, you know, continuing on. It may take going to six, seven, eight different type networking events before you feel comfortable. And I go to networking events, like I say, four or five times a week. And I've, got to, I've gone to some events where I've kind of felt kind of out of place. And, and I went back the next time and I didn't feel that way. Or I've gone back to the same group the next time and I, I get that feeling that, Quite frankly, maybe uh, this isn't a group for me, and I move on. So you need to kind of explore what is out there in the type of uh, networking events that would be beneficial. And again, that requires a little bit of research on your your part, and asking around, asking other lawyers, asking friends, asking if you feel shy about going to a networking event, ask someone to invite you, take you as a guest to a networking event. People who do networking and are involved in, in networking groups such as Chambers and BNIs are always interested in bringing new people to their, to their groups because uh, it, it, it helps them, it gives them credibility, and they can introduce you to someone who may be able to help you, and their credibility uh, certainly goes up. Annick, uh, I guess we're getting close to a break. Do uh, you have any questions? And Nick, are you out there? Sorry about that. I had I was I That's muted okay. myself <laughs> while you were talking. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to say I thought you made some very salient points about uh, choosing or taking a look at different events and by going to several different. Uh, I can I know that just within bar associations alone, the groups are all different. And when you look at chambers of commerce, uh, some of our suburban chambers versus the chamber and city. Completely different uh, set of people, and it just goes by group to group. There's really no rule of thumb. So really, just getting out there and exposing yourself to different opportunities, and uh, you know, network. Sometimes I've heard from people who have 
gone to networking events at some of the most unlikely venues, uh, invitations they've received from other people, uh, someone will report that they go and they're thinking they're just being nice to be a wingman for their friend, and then they meet someone who's an ideal client and a wonderful relationship pops out. So you just never know who's walking uh, out the street. The other day, uh, John Malkovich was standing in front of our building because they're filming a movie down the street by the Trump Tower. You know, you never know, you know, I never know when I'm going to work who I'm going to run into, and you never know who you're going to run into when you go to a networking event. So again, you know, they're all no no two networking events are the same. They're all depending on the people and their level of participation. So excellent comments by Jim. Thank you. And we are going to pause quickly for our first uh, sponsor I, a break. By the way, anyone who is tuning in uh, just now, you're listening to the Lawyers Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. Our first sponsor is Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme. When you need the right legal services to advance your creativity in the marketplace, call the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Attorney Nancy K. Ducharme brings big law firm experience and reputation to her intellectual property law firm, serving national corporate clients in the areas of trademark, copyright, internet law, and advertising law. You can find the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme by visiting nkdlaw.com and also by searching for the law office of Nancy K. Ducharme on Facebook. By clicking on the like button on the law firm's business page, you'll receive periodic blog updates with recent developments in the rapidly changing field of intellectual property law. Our second sponsor today is the lawyer market. Now, I discovered the lawyer market about three weeks ago, and let me tell you, this website is one of the best-kept secrets for solos and small firms trying to market their practices. You can join the lawyer market for free, and the online marketplace will actually send you the name and contact information of consumers who are interested in hiring you. The lawyer marketplace offers a win-win solution to listed attorneys and potential clients searching for their legal services. Please visit thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers for more information. That website, again, is www.thelawyermarket.com forward slash lawyers. Getting back to our show, we want to remind all of our caller, our listeners out there to be callers. Um, whether you're calling into the show uh, now or sending us an email after the fact, we do rely on your comments and feedback for our programming, and we always appreciate your input. You can get a hold of us at area code 917-889-9732, option 1 to be placed in the queue, or always by email at info at ALRPRA.com. Back to Jim Thompson. Jim, thank you for uh, talking a little bit about how to find networking events. Now let's talking about we'll talk a little bit about what you do at the network event and uh, the idea being making friends with people first and establishing sort of a human uh, element. And I know as lawyers that's a challenge sometimes, but we need to overcome. <laughs> yeah, making friends first as lawyers sometimes, as you say, becomes very difficult. Um, that title, Making Friends First, probably says more about networking and what you need to do when you go to networking events than, than anything else. And one of the things I would like to stress and one of the things we teach lawyers is when you go to a networking event, and this is very difficult for lawyers, it was difficult for me having practiced law, is to stop talking and listen, listen, and listen. Uh, when you meet someone, let them do the talking. We as lawyers have this innate, I guess, problem. I want to say Billy, but it is an innate problem that we feel like we have to control the conversation and keep on talking. 
But you might want to think about practicing an 80-20 rule. And that basically means that you're going to listen to someone 80% of the time and let them talk 20% of the time. The, the real problem that lawyers have, and we coach them all the time on this, is listening. And, and there is this, just this general tendency among lawyers and some other professionals, but really among lawyers, that they've got to control, they've got to be in control of the conversation. And when you're networking, it's almost just the opposite. One of the things that we talk to lawyers about is coming up with questions that you can ask people. These are kind of the feel-good questions. When you meet someone at a networking event, um, you, you know, get them talking. You know, ask questions like, you know, what is it they do? Um, how did they get started in doing, you know, the business that they're in? Uh, what is it that they really like about the business that they're in? Are there any things that they, you know, don't like about it? Just get them in a conversation. One of the best um, questions that I've, I've used, and it's not just that I, I came up with it, it's, it's been passed on down to me, but one of the best questions I find is, you know, what do you do when you're not working on your business? And people love to talk about their hobbies or maybe their kids or, um, you know, something that they've accomplished. And you're finding out more and more and more about them. One of the things that's really neat when you ask that question is that you may find out that that person's an avid golfer or that person is a hunter or that person is into um, donating to libraries or very active in a church. Sometimes, and probably more than sometimes, you're going to find that you have something in common with that person. It may be um, as you're talking to them, you find out that they're an avid golfer and the person starts talking about a golf trip that they just went on and you can relate because you may have been a, or maybe a golfer had been on a golf trip like that. And here you are carrying on a conversation with someone and you're not even talking about business. And that's kind of where you want to be from the, the first time you meet someone. Forget that you're there. And I guess this is another key. Forget that you are at a networking event to get business. Very seldom will you go into a networking event and um, you start talking to someone and they find out, say, you're a divorce lawyer, and they just happen to say, oh, my God, I am so glad I ran into you. My wife just filed for divorce. That never will happen to you, or if it happens, it's one in a zillion. Uh, you have to um, go into a networking event with the idea you're going to make friends. You're going to develop relationships with people that you meet. And it's going to take time. Um, we've, we've had lawyers who have come back to us after they've gone to their first networking event and said, well, didn't meet anybody that can help me, didn't meet anybody that's going to do business with me. And I'm, I'm always puzzled by that. And I say, well, did you meet anybody that you like? Oh, yeah. We liked a couple people uh, that I talked to, et cetera. And I go, well, what did they do? Well, you didn't really talk to them. The key when you go to networking events is you're going to meet 
someone that you want to become friends with. Make it a social event. Forget about the business initially. That will come. But when you go to a networking event, your goal really should be, and I can't stress this enough, I guess I've said it seven or eight times, to have fun, get to know someone on a personal level, and uh, then proceed to, and they're doing the same thing. If somebody's been networking for a while, they're doing the same thing with you. So you want to make sure that you don't come on strong. We've, we've all heard the stories of you go to a networking event and there's a guy walking around and he shakes his hand and he says, hey, I'm Jim, I'm a trial lawyer, here's my card. If you ever need a, uh, a suit, let me know. And then he's off just talking to someone else and, you know, glad-handing and, you see that every now and then. I don't see it as much as I used to see it. I think people are starting to learn, as I said earlier, more and more about networking. But uh, you don't want to be that guy. I almost, quite frankly, when I go to networking events, if I give out more than three business cards per networking event, I think I've given out too many. You want to get their business card. And we'll talk about reconnecting with someone that you've met in a little bit in the next session. But you want to get their business card. And, of course, if they ask you for your card, be glad to give it to them. Uh, certainly, there's no, no harm in doing that, but make the, let them be the first one uh, to give you a business card. You ask them for their card, and if they reciprocate, that's fine. And if they don't, don't push your card on them. Uh, there'll be plenty of time, time for that. Now, the other thing is, when you go to a, a networking event, um, you, you have to, like I said, develop a rapport with people. And I've gone and, and I've had people come in and say, Jim, I go to this networking event and there's almost always the same people there. And I go, well, that's good because what you want to do when you're networking is develop a relationship with folks. So with the same people that are, on the, that are coming to the same networking events, you're developing a relationship with them. Now, obviously, um, if you're always getting the same people to, to a networking event, uh, you want to make sure that uh, you're, you're networking somewhere else too where you're meeting new people. Or Obviously, the best way is, is to go to events. I tell people if you go to an event and there's 50% or thereabouts people you already know there and 50% new people there, that is great. Having said that, when you go to a networking event and there's a lot of folks there that you know, you want to make sure in addition to uh, talking to the people that you know, that you get to meet the new people. Uh, so many times I've been at networking events and I've just kind of sat back and looked at, and you see kind of people hanging around in the same groups, and that's probably because they feel comfortable. But if you go to a networking event, make sure you say hello and hi and that type of thing to the folks that you already know, but also make sure that you're talking to the new people. Um, and when you join like a chamber or something like that, a lot of chambers will have what they call ambassadors, and these are the folks that will be there to, to help people, new people, introduce them around. And if you are, you do find a chamber, and we'll talk about this again too a little bit later, if you do find a chamber uh, or some other networking group that you feel comfortable in that you like, become active in that group, especially in a chamber where you can become an ambassador because that gets you out in the forefront. Somebody's coming new in the door, um, you're the first one to meet that person. You're the first one to greet that person. You become almost a um, an instant bond because that person may be known. He's looking, or new, he's looking for somebody that, that's going to come up to him and say, hey, I'm uh, John and uh, 
can I help you? Let me introduce you to some of the folks. What do you do? You get them talking. So when you're, when you're talking about making friends first, that's what networking is all about because quite frankly, again, after you make the friendships, the people get to know you, like you, and trust you, especially in the legal field, um, they're going to do business with you if, in fact, there's a right fit. Now, not everybody's going to be doing business with you, but that's, that's kind of where you're, where you're going. You're looking for that, that, that connection, that know, like, and trust. And it may take um, uh, a month, a two months, six months before you start developing it. It depends on how often they meet. And we'll talk, again, I know I keep saying we're going to talk about things later on, and we will. But uh, once you meet someone at a networking event, then this is where you want to make sure you follow up, which will probably lead us into the next section. But uh, I guess maybe, Nick, it might be a good time to just ask if, uh, if you have any questions or anybody else does. Well, let me take a look at the switchboard again. And I don't see that we have any callers because people are shy and or very busily working today, and we congratulate that. We, again, we remind people to send your uh, questions in by email at info at ALRPRA.com or to call us in uh, anytime during one of our broadcasts at 917-889-9732, option 1. Of course, you can always uh, get information to us through the website at ALRPRA.com. The contact page has a nice form area where you can drop a comment there as well. Uh, why don't we take a break, Jim? I don't have any questions about uh, your discussion about making friends. It's, I mean, it's a very true thing and something that seems so obvious that most people forget. And uh, oftentimes, the people, the front, my experience personally has been the people that I've met at different events that didn't necessarily look like they were potential business contacts right away, but they were nice people. I've stayed in touch with them, and uh, over time I see things that... Um, remind me of them, uh, an email article or something I'll forward and send to them. And often people really like that and they'll remember that and likely send uh, us a client referral down the road. So again, referrals come from not only people directly uh, that you think are going to be uh, business sources. Referrals can come from uh, the, the neighbor down the street who sells you know, telephone products and there's just no connection, but you just never know. So that's uh, a very good advice, Jim. Thank you for that. Um, and Jim, by the way, you are our third sponsor today. So everyone should know that the Get Clients Now program is an excellent program. Jim Thompson is a seasoned attorney and marketing coach, and you need to talk to him if you want more clients. His program called Get Clients Now helps you take the crucial steps towards increasing your firm's revenues. The Get Clients Now program employs various time-honored techniques to help you attract new business and encourage referrals. Jim is going to be and has been a recurring guest on our Lawyer's Toolbox show regarding attorney marketing. To learn more about Jim Thompson and Midwest Consulting Group, please visit MidwestConsultants.net and also check out their testimonials on Facebook by searching Get Clients Now on Facebook. ALRPRA strongly endorses the Get Clients Now program and understands the personal accountability component of this course. You can get in touch with Jim Thompson today by visiting MidwestConsultants.net and by dialing into our show. Now back to our programming. We want to go back to Jim Thompson and continue our discussion about uh, networking do's and don'ts. We started off with a little bit of identification of good networking event opportunities. Then we talked a little bit about how to make friends with people first instead of just exchanging business cards uh, blindly that, you know, we're people, not just, uh, rep, you know, cards. So let's talk about some uh, short-term follow-up. Jim, what should people do after they get back to the office? Well, Nick, let me kind of 
back up just a little bit. I knew we were running a little bit short of time as far as the break goes, and I, I certainly wanted to make sure I got my commercial in. But <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I want to just cover a couple of other things as far as actually going to a networking event. And a lot of times um, you'll hear that you have to have what they call an elevator speech. And I guess that kind of came from the uh, being in an elevator, saying what you can do by the time you go up four floors and having everybody in the elevator just think you're the greatest person in the world because of the business that you do, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and there's been a lot of talk and a lot of discussion about whether you even should have a canned elevator speech. And when we talk about it, we're talking about anywhere from a 30-second to a 10-second, just just telling somebody what you do. Um, and, and my theory is initially if you um, are, are new at networking or new at doing something like this, you kind of work on a, 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 a elevator speech that you kind of memorize. I don't want it to sound like it's key, and I'm not saying that, but you kind of memorize it so that when somebody says, Jim, what do you do? You can sit there and, you know, five to 10 to 15 seconds, let them know what, what it is that you do. Um, having said that, one of the things that, that attorneys seem to do, and I see attorneys doing this, is when I meet an attorney, I'll, I'll ask him, what do you do? And he goes, well, I'm an attorney. Well, so, mm -hmm. and, and I think you need to look at, okay, I'm an attorney, but what is it that I do? And you don't want to, so you're a divorce attorney. You're a business attorney. You're, you know, an estate, a will, an estate planning attorney. Even that, you don't, that, that doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to give a couple examples, and these aren't the best. I just kind of as we were talking here, I was thinking, okay, I'm a divorce attorney. I'm, I work with people uh, to help them resolve marital problems or marital disputes. And a business attorney could say, I work with small business owners so that they can stay out of trouble and stay out of court. An estate planning attorney might be able to say, I work with families to preserve their assets. One of the things, it, it, short and sweet, but kind of like, what is your benefit? How are you going to benefit me if I'm talking to you? And what you really also want to be able to do is, is when you give that benefit statement, have somebody look at you and go, oh, well, well, how do you do that? What is it? Like, for instance, the estate attorney, I work with families to preserve their assets. Oh, that's great. Tell me how you do that. And then you can go in if you need to into a greater explanation of, of exactly what it is that that you do. So um, now uh, let's go into the other section of, of following up, which is probably after you make your initial foray into the networking world, uh, following up is, is, is probably the most important thing you can do because there's no reason to go to a networking event tonight for two hours, meet a bunch of people, and then go back to your office and forget all about them. You need to follow up with them, obviously. And quite frankly, in the, and, and I'll say this in the Get Clients Now program that we teach, there's a number of different areas we talk about, but probably the area that most people, uh, and I say most people, small business owners that we work with, professionals we work with, attorneys we work with, are very weak in, in following up for a number of different reasons. And I don't need to go into that today, but that's a whole other show. But um, one of the things that, 
you want to think about when you're following up is the business card. Um, when somebody, you're, you're talking to someone, and, 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 and I think Nick kind of alluded to this, just because that person that you're talking to may not be a good prospect, a candidate for your services, you certainly don't want to blow that person off because that person may know uh, and they, the, the studies have shown that people know anywhere from 200 to 250 people. So just because that person you happen to be talking to um, is not a, a candidate or a prospect for you, you don't want to blow that person off. Um, you want to make sure that you give that person as much attention as you give some other person who uh, you might think is a, is, a, is a much better prospect. And sometimes you'll find... Um, and this has been my experience, a lot of times people I think are going to be great prospects and, and um, clients, uh, I never hear from them or I never see them again, and people that have kind of thought, well, you know, they're never going to probably use my services, but I'm going to be neat and nice to them, are the ones that refer uh, a lot of clients to me. So you can never underestimate uh, the fact that people you talk to may be absolutely great referral sources for you. Now, um, when you meet someone at a networking event, uh, the follow-up, how do you follow up? Well, you know, there's common sense. We're going to follow up by what? And, and, and some of the things I like to do, and I mentioned Bob Berg's book earlier. And Bob in, um, I don't have it right in front of me, but he uh, has a, uh, a little form like a little card that he fills out or he has with his picture on it, his address on it, and it's the type of card that he can put in a regular 8.5 by 11 or 8.5, whatever size envelope that is. My mind just went blank. Um, and it's got his picture on it. It's got his address. Um, and he, if it, you know, he happens to be Bob, uh, does a lot of speaking, and he's an author, so he has a little bit of that on there, um, but whatever. And... Uh, he sends those out. He meets someone, and um, he sends those out, and he talks about the fact that he, you should get those out right after you meet someone. In other words, hey, Nick, it was great meeting you last night or today or whatever at such and such event, and I look forward to seeing you again. You want to make an impression on someone, that makes an impression. The next day or the day after, they get a little note from you, and it doesn't have to be much, and it doesn't have to be salesy. It just says, I, I enjoyed meeting you. Um, I look forward to seeing you again, or depending on what your conversation may have been. Obviously, when you've talked to someone and you found out they're a golfer, you found out they're a fisherman or whatever, um, you may mention something like that. But you get that little note into, into the mail, and that makes an incredible impact. Um, Obviously, in the days, you can call them on the phone. And one of the problems that, that we all run into now is I call somebody and I get their voicemail, and that's great. Um, that shows that you've called, and you leave a nice message. Hey, Nick, it was nice seeing you at the Chamber event last night. Look forward to seeing you again. Or uh, something that you've connected with and you want to you know, leave a message on that basis. Hypothetically, if you run into somebody that um, you know is interested in something and you just happen, just happen to see a newspaper article that that day or the next day or something a couple of days later, you send them a little note. I saw this in the paper. 
you know, I thought you'd, you'd enjoy reading it. If you didn't see it, I thought you might enjoy reading it. But you follow up. One of the best ways to follow up, again, even, even if you are 100% certain that that person will never, ever do business with you, uh, make sure you follow up. Because that's the person that probably will be the one that will surprise you and send you the referrals. I, um, or the other, on the other end of the spectrum, uh, I happen to know, oh, it seems like every networking event I go to, I meet financial planners, you know, by the droves. And I always make it a point that, that when I meet a financial planner to say, um, I have a financial planner that I have worked with for uh, many, many years, and I am very, very pleased with what he's done for me. Uh, he has retired, and I'm one of the few accounts or whatever he has, and he may live in another state or whatever, and, and I don't have a problem. He doesn't want any more clients, and I don't have a problem referring people to, to you. Uh, once I get to know you, uh, I would have no problem referring people to you, uh, and, but I want to let you know up front that I'm probably never going to do business with you. And I say probably never because you never know. And sometimes I tell folks that, that if you can't be number one, uh, you want to be number two because the fellow that I work with may decide he doesn't want to do the business anymore. He may pass away uh, or he may make so much money that it's, it's you know, okay, Jim, you're on your own, this type of thing. So you want to be number two if you can't be number one. Um, and, and let that person know that you're open to referring folks to him. And we're going to, again, um, as far as uh, the next section, we're going to talk about uh, developing the trust and the, the reputation, and we'll talk about this in a little greater detail. But um, just because you send that person a note card and that person doesn't get back to you right away, that doesn't mean that you don't stay in contact with that person. Um, you may see him at the next networking event, or you may not see him. If you don't see him and you go to a networking event and, and it was somebody you want to connect with, you know, hey, Nick, um, went to such and such event, miss you, hope everything's fine. And one of the things they tell you in marketing, and this is true in marketing of professional services or pretty much any kind of service, that it takes anywhere between 5 and 12 touches. Uh, and those touches can be a note, it could be a phone call, it could be you know different type things, before someone is going to to get to the point where they know you, or feel comfortable with you, know, like, and trust you, before they'll do business with you. So, just because the first note you send out doesn't um, you know bring this person into your office, uh, the second one may, the third one may, just keep continuing touching. Uh, somebody made the comment the other day and I'm not sure I subscribed to it, but they were talking about how often should you keep contacting people, and somebody said, you know, until they die or they or until they buy or they die. <laughs> I don't subscribe to that theory, but uh, if it works for you, go ahead and, um, you know, you know, do it. I just I just have thought, well, I'll just keep contacting. And, it, and, I, and I don't, when I contact people, generally, and I say generally because every once in a while I'll, I'll push a little sales pitch on them, but generally, it's just the touching, just to let them know you're out there. Um, sometimes people want to do business with you, and they don't think about you. Oh, yeah, I met Nick, and um, I know I want to use Nick's services. And I, I go, and we all get busy. We all forget. And guess what? I forget about Nick. I get a nice note from Nick, 
And he says, Jim, just thinking about you. Oh, you know what? i got to call him. I've been thinking about him. I'm going to get on the phone right now and call him. Now, that may take four or five touches, but that happens. And so just because you meet someone at a networking event, um, please don't assume that that person may not become a client or, and here's the big or, that that person will not refer somebody to you. You send someone a nice little card that says, hey, I uh, hope everything's going well. Uh, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. Perfect time to send a nice card out to someone you met. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, it was great meeting you or whatever you want to put in there. And here's something when you write this out, and I talk about this in some of my other programs. Make sure that you handwrite it. Make sure you use blue ink uh, because blue ink is distinctive. Uh, it doesn't look like it's salesy or it doesn't look like it's uh, junk mail. And when you send a note, put a commemorative stamp on there. Because, uh, you know, it's it's unusual. Somebody's going to look at it. Now, what are you trying to do when you send someone a note? Obviously, you want them to remember you. You want them to remember you from uh, the networking event or from whatever meeting you had. And you also want them to be thinking about you if they have someone they can refer to you. And it all gets back to networking. Uh, yeah, we want the business from someone if we meet them, but we also want them to be thinking of us in terms of referring business to us. So it all kind of all meshes. That's why most of the books you'll see out there, Bob books, Bob Bird's book, Endless Referrals, will we'll talk about a lot of networking and the referral process. Um, there's another couple of books out there, you know, Book Yourself Solid, Referrals Now. They all talk about referrals, and every one of those has chapters on, on networking. So... Uh, the networking process is such that it's a continuous process. It's a continual follow-up. And if you don't follow up, if, if, if you're not going to follow up, there's really no sense wasting your time to go and, and go to any of these networking events. Because if you meet somebody um, at a networking event, the chances of them doing business with you the first time you meet are almost slim to none. And if you're not going to follow up and you don't make it a regular habit, then you might as well just not go. Having said that, and this is all also a, a, I guess, a subject for another hour show, is having a good contact management system so when you get back to your office, um, you can put the information into your computer or whatever contact management system you have that basically says, okay, I met Nick, or I put his information in, and then a little note, I met Nick and we talked about this, and I know Nick's an avid golfer and wants to buy a sailboat. Um, that's just information I got in my computer, and I see an article on sailing, and boom, I send it off to Nick. Um, I may put a little thing, make sure if I don't hear from Nick in a month or two months or a week, whatever the case may be, that I make sure I follow up and send him something or I at least give him a call. So you're talking about a good contact management system if you're going to be doing following up. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, 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 you know, open to any questions you might have, Nick, on what we just talked about. Well, I, I think that some of the points that you made about um, just following up with people and just, again, the whole theory here is, well, it's not really a theory. It's uh, It works. Um, if you meet someone, they like you, they want to do business. We do business with people we like. We do people, you know, business with people who they, we believe we can trust. Um, and, uh, you know, oftentimes in business, we end up talking to people and finding business opportunities for those we know, like, and trust because 
uh, we want to see them do well. And I can recall uh, when I was doing work with building the recruiting uh, branch at a staffing company out in Oakbrook Terrace uh, several years ago, um, the my fearless leader, uh, Louisa Bueller, always talked about that. Um, you know, she likes the people at networking events. That's why she goes. She's got bonds and friendships there, and people know that she's a trustworthy person. So um, these are such very important things, and, and you know, following up is so important because people lose track of time. And, and Jim, I especially appreciate your comment that if you don't hear from someone right away, don't take that as uh, negative communication or some sort of rejection. Uh, it's not people don't have time necessarily or may not think it's necessary to uh respond so you know some of the people who are our biggest fans will never hear we won't hear from for a long period of time and all of a sudden you know they're there because they like us but they're busy i always run into people who see uh oh i like so and so on the radio show i i um i saw this blog you know that you wrote or i saw this article that i thought of you and they don't necessarily reach out but they're thinking and seeing these things so we have to believe that we are doing good by connecting with good people and by following up with them and sending cards and uh, i know that when i send cards to people i don't necessarily get a response but I'll, i know that the person got them so you really have to trust your gut with your uh, intentions there so pausing for our uh, final break for our final segment of the show we want to remind people that if you are just tuning in, you are listening to the Lawyer's Toolbox on ALRPRA Law Talk Radio. And our final sponsor of the day is credit damage expert George Finder. He is an expert out there, and he can put a dollar amount on damage to credit damages, uh, or damage to credit reputation, rather. Uh, and your credit, da- your credit reputation is an asset. People need to understand that uh, that's an asset that you can leverage your credit to make purchases. It's an asset. Any, at any rate, George Finder is one of the only credit damage experts in the country, and the attorneys and plaintiffs who have retained his services have earned huge damage awards in various practice areas, including personal injury law, employment law, family law, and general civil litigation. By learning to incorporate credit damage questions into your intake process, you and your staff can learn how to spot credit damage events worthy of retaining George Finder's credit damage analysis services. Now, right now, any of our listeners who contact George Finder and tell them that they heard about him on Law Talk Radio will receive, free of charge, one hour of CLE presentation. So, go grab a pen and take down this email address to respond to this special offer. It is creditdamageassociates at gmx.com. That is plural, creditdamageassociates at gmx.com. Available nationwide. Credit Damage Expert George Finder's website is full of resources. Please visit creditdamageexpert.com to learn more about George Finder and his expert services. Now back to our show. We're talking with Jim Thompson, our, our favorite recurring guest for lawyer marketing, talking all about networking do's and don'ts today. Jim, let's round out the show with a little bit of a discussion about uh, making those long-term uh, relationships and uh, what we can do after uh, the original following up. Because, again, I'll tell you what, in my experience, a lot of people I meet at networking events, they'll send me their nice uh, email right after with their business card attached, uh, you know, explanation of their services, their note that they're interested in my services. And I'll tell you what, 95% of the time, I never hear from them again but for their email marketing programs and they're marketing to me. So what I'm experiencing is I'm meeting someone who tells me they're interested, I get one email from them, then a slew of their marketing materials, and they're not following up with me. So how do I know that they're really interested or they just want my email address? 
You know, it, it, it may be may be both. They may just want your email address, or they may not have a follow-up system. And as I just mentioned, if if you don't have a regular system of following up. The, the people you meet are just going to go by the wayside. You're never going to call them again. And again, you spend that time to go uh, to a networking event, meet someone, send them a note, uh, send them an email or, or whatever, and then you never follow up after that. Talk about waste. I mean, you spend all that time. You might as well just, you know, do do nothing. And and so some of that comes, I think, Nick, from the fact that number one, people don't know how to follow up. Number two, people don't have a contact, some type of contact management system. And then again, you, you get into the area where you know, all they want to do is just get capture your email so that they can send you junk mail. So um, there, there's a, I guess, a wide range of, of, of why people don't follow up. And the, the the whole thing when you follow up, and we're getting back into it, especially from a legal standpoint, from a lawyer standpoint, is if nobody follows up with you. Um, they're certainly not going to develop any trust. Uh, and as a lawyer, obviously, what do you have? Uh, I can get to know you. I can get to like you. But if I don't trust you as a lawyer and, and have a gut feeling, I'm never going to use you as a lawyer. I'm never going to refer you to, to someone. One of the things that we talk about with, with our lawyer clients is that, yeah, you can go to networking events, and, yes, you can look for potential clients, but here's the real secret. Be a giver. Be the person that gives referrals. Uh, now, you're not going to be able to give referrals to everyone, and obviously that's that, that's a given, but you need to be, when you walk into a networking event, it's going to take time to do this, but you walk into a networking event and there's three or four people that walk up to you and say, you know, hey, Jim, thanks for sending so-and-so over and somebody else comes up, and people are going to look at you and go, that's somebody I really want to know. That's a center of influence. So you're a giver, but yet people want to know you because then they're going to refer people to you. So it's kind of a, a process of you know going around and around. You be a giver before you be a taker type person. You give, and you're going to get. Um, there's an excellent book, and I know when I say this, uh, there's actually two of them, um, and again, they're they're written by Bob Berg and another fellow, a man. I can't think of the man's first name. I think it's Sean, but they're sales books. And believe me, the lawyers out there, you have to be salespeople um, in this day and time. There's so many lawyers out there looking for for clients. One is called The Go Giver, which is an absolute. It's a short book. It's a parable book. Short. Quick Read, great book. And then there's another book called Go-Givers, Sell More. And the basic theory behind both books is that if you're a giver, you're going to get it back tenfold. If you're just a taker, and we've all seen people that go to some of these networking events and all they are are, are out there to take, um, they're never going to get any business. The other thing you want to look for is, is be a connector. When you are, when I say a connector, be someone that's at a networking event, and I'm I happen to be there, and I see John standing over there, who I know very well, that happens to be, uh, let's just hypothetically say he's a web designer, and I see someone else come in, another lawyer I know or somebody I know that 
I've seen uh, Sam's website. I know he needs to hook up with a web designer or whatever it is. You walk over and you take John over and say, I want you to meet Sam, who is a lawyer, and I think maybe you guys can uh, need each other. You can do it in a number of different ways, but you kind of get the gist of what I'm saying. Connect people up. Again, you're, you're giving, and people are going to recognize that, you know, um, Nick over there is a real giver. He is the person that, boy, I'll tell you, he connects people up. He's a giver. He connects people, and that's a person that I want to do business with. It's a person I'm going to trust, and I know if I, if I give him business, he's going to get it done, or if I refer someone to him, he is going to be the person that is, is going to treat uh, that person well. Can I have a hallelujah? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, very true. Um, <laughs> uh, and the other thing, one of the other things, too, is when you go to some of these networking events, look around, check them out, and then if you like them, become a leader. Join, uh, you know, for instance, a chamber. They have a number of different committees. Join a golf committee. Join what they call an ambassador committee. Join this type of committee. Be a person that they know is there to to help out, not just to take. I guess the, the whole thing I'm really saying right now is be a giver. Think about it in those terms. I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to be a center of influence. How am I going to be a center of influence? I'm going to be a connector. I'm going to I'm going to uh, give leads. I'm going to give referrals to folks. Um, and and trust me, it comes back. Um, and and one thing when you're talking to someone, I'm just going to kind of grab it up. When you're talking to someone, and you get to know them, and it could be the first meeting, depending on how it goes, or maybe the second meeting. How comfortable you feel? One of the questions you might ask someone is, you know, uh, Nick, who's a good referral for you? Um, what should I look for? Uh, I, I want to refer people to you, but what should I look for? Um, money. People with money. I'm going to have a lot of money. <laughs> money. <laughs> Got a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, well, that, that, that's right up there. But <laughs> uh, it is one of those things that people appreciate. Well, gosh, Nick asked me that question. Uh he must be interested. It, it, it all goes back to forming this this know, like, and trust. I can't say that enough. A know, like, and trust factor is is the secret, and and especially a lawyer. I mean, we, hey, as a lawyer, you know, we've we've got a bad image anyway. Uh, right. Half yeah, the people think of us as used car salesmen or politicians. We've got a bad image, so we've got something we've got to overcome right away. So here's how another. Do you can overcome I, that? Like, can I just sure. jump in? Like another thing that's sure. uh, that's noteworthy is as people are out there shopping around for more lawyers, they're doing a lot of their research online. They're asking people, they're getting recommendations, they're calling around, and I think that you know there's different attitudes and you know personalities that match with different people as a general statement. But those who you know call on a lawyer who makes a human connection and talks to them like a human being is going to get a much better response. Um, you know, all the all the time. Oh yeah, and and then I mentioned this I think on last month's show, and they, they talk about marketing. Probably, if I ask twenty lawyers or ten lawyers who's the most important person in their office, they're going to say, "Well, of course I am," and that is so wrong. The most important person in any lawyer's office 
is the person who first comes in contact with that potential client. Mm -hmm. It could be a receptionist, it could be a secretary, it could be whoever it is. Because when you're calling a lawyer, most of the time you're upset, you've got a problem, you need to get something resolved right away. And if you've got a secretary or a receptionist who has this uh, holier-than-thou attitude or is not really a people person. You yeah, you're well bothering them cool. by asking them to answer yeah. the phone. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll never get that person as a client. You'll, they'll never even get past your, your receptionist or your secretary. So train your, your receptionist or your secretary, or actually I would train your whole staff because you're never always going to pick up that phone. It might be another you know associate or lawyer. Train them that they need to be very compassionate, very understanding, and take the time to talk to someone uh, on, uh, who's on the phone because that person is scared. And, and here's the other thing. You know, even when I have to call a lawyer, sometimes I feel intimidated that I'm going to ask a question on, on say, patents or trust or something that I don't know the answer to. And, you know, hey, I practice law. Right. I should not be intimidated. I am. I'm calling. I don't want to sound stupid. So mm -hmm. I want somebody that's kind of understanding, compassionate, that's going to understand that, you know, I'm a little apprehensive, if you will, mm -hmm. and uh, make sure your your folks in your office understand that. Uh, you'll get a lot more clients that way. It's not really networking, but it's 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 all tied in. You, we all network. We all uh, want referrals. We all want clients, quite frankly. Well, you know, and it's, uh, Jim, so I'll tell you something. As an image consultant and a publicist, what you know, what I like to do is to take my attorney clients, and you know, coming from the business end, and you know, having been in the trenches, it's um, you realize how you're, you know, the lawyers are focused on on getting the work done and getting the best results for their clients, and not always thinking about marketing in the forefront, not always thinking about the, uh, what their impressions are being made, and and such. So it it just it takes a while to practice these things, and I don't think that uh, you know old habits are hard to break, and it takes a while. Um, you know, it's uh, business coaches I, I've talked to and a client of mine who does some of these seminars uh, on business coaching talks about how long it takes to break habits. And that's what a lot of this is, is just practice and reminder um, and, you know, turning things into habits. I know that I had a really good habit, uh, you know, when I had more time, that I would take business cards always the same day and enter them into Outlook and into the system and send the emails. And now... Uh, you know, sometimes the business cards pile up, and it's just it's getting into a habit and creating a routine. So, a lot of this, uh, you know, it sounds overwhelming, but it really, once it becomes habitual, it's just second nature, and we don't even realize we're doing it. And um, and you know, a lot of that is talking to the you know, if I could say one piece of advice for all lawyers out there is humanize yourselves make your you know realize that you may be a little intimidating to people just because that you have a jd just because you're a lawyer um they're inherently going to be somewhat intimidated like jim was saying and you should approach people with a level of humility and compassion and friendliness because you know they i I don't think that human compassion and friendliness is going to be interpreted as that you're a weak litigator and you're not going to, uh, you know, get it done in court. Uh, you know, they want to know that you're a person too and that you care about their business because they could go to anybody and they're they're coming to you. You should respect their their business and thank them and and be a real person. And they'll send you know if you do that and you show that you're making the effort, you're going to win that person over and they are going to be your fan forever. Right, Jim? They'll be your fan, and they will also refer a lot of people to you. 
Exactly, exactly. We're over our time, so we got to get going here. I want to thank Jim Thompson. Thanks for being on the show, Jim. You're back here on December 2nd, uh, Thursday, December 2nd. What are we going to talk about then, or do we have to decide that yet? Uh, we haven't decided that. We'll we'll pick a good topic that hopefully will get the lawyers a lot of business. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope that we get some people who send us some information. Again, the easiest way is to go to com. go to our contact section, and uh, drop a note there. So, uh, Jim, again, thank you for being on the show today. We'd also like to thank our, our listeners out there for tuning into the Lawyers Toolbox on ALRPRA's Law Talk Radio. also like to thank our sponsors. We had, number one, the Intellectual Property Law Office of Nancy K. Ducharme. Secondly, the Lawyer Market. Third, Jim Thompson of Midwest Consulting Group. And fourth, credit damage expert, George Finder. And again, by way of disclaimer, this is a general information program, and the advice shared on the show does not constitute legal advice. Results may vary and are based on specific facts and location. Communication with our attorney guests, among guests, and callers on this show does not give rise to an attorney-client relationship. And if you have further questions, you're always encouraged to consult with an attorney or professional in your area. Finally, all callers remain confidential and rights to this broadcast are reserved by ALRPRA Incorporated. These Law Talk radio broadcasts are programmed to bring our attorney and non-attorney audiences the tips, tools, and practice area information they can use to be better informed practitioners and consumers of legal services. With guests and listeners located nationwide, we appreciate the opportunity to use this socially networked radio program to bring people together and share collective intelligence. Again, this is Nick Augustine for ALRPRA Incorporated, and we thank you for your time.